Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. up to the nine foot homemade oak bar pour yourself a cold one my name is chris his name is craig this is bucks in the basement 30 minutes of pirates talk for fans by fans we're gonna get into a lot of things today because there's a lot of weird pirate stories and we promised you a few weeks ago that we were going to project the starting rotation for 2023 right craig i i screwed that up i we never got to that well the the big thing was is that we talked about you know just the regular lineup position players bench players um, in between, we had Jason Martinez, uh, Mr. Roster Resource from Fangraphs on, talking some kind of general uh, roster construction, uh, who was going to be the September call-ups, you know, some Rule 5 talk about protecting for the 40-man. So it kind of like led, it was like a, a little break in our, you know, I don't know if it was a series of stuff we were doing because it's only like really two things. So our two-part series of, you know, talking about the the roster and then talking about uh, the rotation, but it it definitely bridged a gap, I think, to a degree. Yeah, and we're going to get into that, and we're also going to talk about the goofy amount of stories that are currently following the Pirates as an organization, players on the team. It's really interesting. We'll even even jump into Dennis Eckersley and his blowhard comments and and why they don't make sense. They they really don't to me. And it's not just going to be me that's going to point that out. But first, let me tell you about Yins. That's a Y, an I, an N, and two Zs. That's how they spell it. Yins is built for three dynasties with one brand. One brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yins for new merch drops and giveaways and order online at shopyins.com. The link is on the website and in the show notes. High quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold. Made for Yins by a Yinzer, the proud sponsors of Bucks in the Basement. All right, let's let's get into and get out of the way the rotation for next year before we get into the silliness that is surrounding the team in a lot of different ways. So let's just make it very simple. Looking at the rotation right now, looking at what has made it to the majors at this point, just guys who have made it to the majors at this point, which ones are you sure are in the five-man rotation for 2023? I think there's three that are for sure in the the rotation. And and number one is Rowanzi. Rowanzi's back up. Two games here now, uh, pitched really well um, against the Braves last night. One little mistake, Michael Harris, the second, you know, took him deep. Um, Aside from that, you know, kept the Pirates in the game, seven strong innings. Uh, Rowanzi, whatever happened, I mean, we've had the discussion about it before, the, you know, service time manipulation, the building the arm back up, the giving him, you know, a little bit of rest. Whatever's happened, Rowanzi is is definitely in the rotation next year. He's number one. 
Number two, Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller and a lot of people, this last start was was extremely weird. Uh, he came out, and from the beginning, uh, Twitter and the announcers and everybody, it just kind of blew up that, you know, his velocity was down. Uh, just really wasn't hitting his spots and, and didn't didn't look like himself, you know, whatsoever for that start. You know, coming out that it's, you know, a little bit of shoulder fatigue. People are saying, you know, what if this is dead arm? All kinds of different stuff. Well, for me, Mitch Keller has, has done enough over, you know, the previous... It's almost like three months at this point in time since he since he added that splitter to his repertoire. In the beginning, Chris, we remember all the videos. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. And this slider looks great, but he's throwing 100 miles an hour. And we talked uh, a lot in the beginning of the season, you know, is there movement on that fastball? It's still getting hit hard. Is it the slider that's not playing well off each other? Well, you know, he revamps himself himself and adds... The, you know, the sinker. And then he also plays the slider and the curveball, whichever one is, you know, better that day. He's he's even said that um, on the record. The one day the slider wasn't working, he went strictly to the curveball. Um, since the time he did that, even with the two-inning, you know, five-hit, four-earn run, three-walk outing, he still has a 3.64 ERA during that time. The FIP is a 3.62, which we know for Mitch Keller, Chris. We've we've seen this for the past like three years that he either has a extremely low ERA and a ridiculous high FIP, or a extremely high ERA and a ridiculously low FIP. Saying that there's something going on there that, you know, he's if he could get back to the mean. So the ERA that he's been operating with, you know, over these past three months is real. It's it's a real thing. So for for me, I mean, you we can talk about the dead arm. I don't know. It's a it's a 1.42 whip, which is still on like the end of maybe being like a number five or teetering on that. It's it's a miserable whip, but it, I'm I'm getting what you're saying about him, and you still are kind of invested in him. I think that's what I think you're trying to get to. You're invested in him. Yeah. And and what are you going to do option wise otherwise? Because look, Kranick isn't coming back next year. That's going to take all of next year in his recovery process as well. And you're basically on uh, Quinn Priester watch and Michael Burrows. But Michael Burrows, I feel like, is just one of those guys that kind of is like maybe like a Rwanzi, um next year, which is, I'm not even saying a service manipulation type thing, but isn't, he? I don't think he's an option in the beginning of the year, but could be an option hopefully towards the end of the year. He came on with Priester being out, but pretty much it's it's Burrows and Priester that are that close. People still want to believe in Miguel Yahure, and he's had some good outings. Johan Oviedo, who's come over from... St. Louis. I mean, there's there's just a ton of options out there, but I think right now we're just kind of talking about like the guys that almost are like a guarantee to to be in the rotation at the beginning of the year or at least have a shot or better than average shot. And that's Mitch Keller, dead arm or not. We talked about it that the guys were going to be bad possibly in the first few months of the season because of the shortened spring training. We talked about how last year, you know, Max Scherzer in the playoffs was dealing with a dead arm just because he hadn't gotten built up. 
the Pirates didn't have the opportunity to, you know, be invested in Mitch Keller's training this offseason. We don't know how much he actually threw in those side sessions where he's trying to pump it out. I think that what he's done right now over those past three months is enough to say, yeah, you know what, Mitch Keller, you've done enough to get another shot. So Rowanzi, Mitch, and making a return, uh, JT Brubaker. Yeah, I I would put him in there as a, as a sure thing. He's a, he's somewhere in that rotation, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and with JT, I mean, I at the game we just uh, was just at the game with uh, with Taylor from from Yin's uh, shop, Yin's the Yin's apparel, the the stuff that you know we're rocking, and and JT had you know one of his best outings of the year, and and just looked like somewhat unhittable to to a degree. I mean, and just and the big thing was wasn't walking anybody. Wasn't putting anybody on base. Of course, did not give up a home run. Uh, but looking back on JT over the past two months, once again, it's still like that that one point four four whip, uh, which has kind of given me some pause. Is is but it's been it's been positive uh, to give him you know another shot. And I, we know the Pirates, and we know Ben Charrington aren't it probably aren't going to go out there and buy you know, two arms for the rotation. Even at that point, if they did buy two arms for the rotation, you still have Rowanzi, Mitch, and JT who have shown enough that they're in there. So it's, it's those are my three that are pretty much surefire guarantees in the starting rotation beginning of next year as we sit. Well, here's the thing with the Pirates too. The approach I would assume to your rotation next year is yes, those are three guys. And we're still waiting to see exactly what Mitch Keller becomes. And Contreras, we're hoping for a next step. And we've got a couple of guys in the minors that we're hoping may show up at some point during the year. They're going to make a decision as to whether or not it's another punt year or if they want to start building a culture. Because you don't come in last place every year and then immediately come in first. So I would like to see them go out in free agency and grab a couple of starting pitchers that if things go well and you're winning and you're competitive, even if you deal them, when you're dealing them by that point, Priester might be here, right? Something like that. You might be replacing them as you're dealing them away and you can make the decision as the season goes on as to how you're going to handle your rotation. I do think they need to go out and get a couple of arms in the offseason. Oh, they definitely do. I I just think that people, it's not like that they think people are going to, he's going to go for, you know, two guys are going to slot in immediately at like number one and number two. Well, you know, hey, look, it, if he gets the opportunity to, why not? I mean, here, here's the here's the one issue we could run into. There's there's good and there's bad to that. If you're able to add a pitcher that has several good years still in front of them, then go do it. If you're adding a pitcher, say for example, I mean, I'm trying to think of of blunders in rebuilds when teams are coming out of rebuilds. Let's go with the White Sox and Dallas Keuchel. Greatest season was 2017. He didn't do very well in 2018. Remember, though, he had only had like a half season or something like that in there. And maybe 2019 was a half season. He wouldn't wouldn't accept any dollars. He played for half a year with the Braves. And the Sox took a swing on him, basically saying, okay, let's see if he's got a few more years left in the tank because we need veteran leadership and this rotation isn't together all the way. 
Well, fast forward a few years later, and it was a bunch of dead money because he didn't have very much left. He gave them about yeah. a season to a season and a half, and then they had two and a half seasons of garbage that they were paying $20 million a year for. And the Pirates can't afford that if they make that kind of a, of, of a mistake, right? But Bob, yeah, Nutting is a, Bob Nutting's not Jerry Reinsdorf, okay? Jerry Reinsdorf's got one of the top five or six payrolls in baseball. That's not going to happen with this Pirates team. So you can't swing and miss. You can't lock yourself into a four-year deal with a guy unless you believe you're getting all of those four years out of them or at least three for sure, and you're rolling the dice on year four. So that's why you don't go out and get the big pitcher that's in the first or second slot in your rotation until you're ready, unless you're confident in that guy for the time that you're going to be signing the deal. Otherwise, you got dead money when your team is finally a World Series competitor and in that window. So that's the double-edged sword of it. That's why I don't expect them to go do it. Now, if all of a sudden somebody comes along and you know you think – I mean, you can find diamonds in the rough. You can identify guys with your pro scouting where you could say, hey, look, this guy here, if we just change how he's releasing this slider, you know, if we can add a little bit more spin to it, if we can talk about the shape of his curveball, if there's something that he's doing where, let's say, his power pitch that he relies on is his fastball, but look look at his effectiveness with the off speed. And what if we tweak this? What do we think we could get out of him? And you're able to sign a guy like that, and it's not going to be a big splash, but it's for a couple of years. He's young enough that you think you're going to get something out of him during that window, and he should slot at least somewhere in the middle of your rotation. Those are the guys that you're aiming for. And maybe you grab a guy that you're looking for like a a dead cat bounce, okay, that's going to all of a sudden like have a great year and you can move for something. And if for some reason you're winning next year and you are competing for the last wild card spot, because at some point, the light's going to go on and the rookies are going to start playing the way that you expect them to. It has to happen, right? At some point, the team has to improve. So if that happens, you want to make sure that you got enough that we can have an exciting summer in 2023. And you also want to have the flexibility, if you're still a year away from that, that you don't get yourself trapped. So that that And I think a lot of that is going to have to do with the rotation. You don't have as many... Um, as many traps out there when it comes to adding to your your lineup and the guys that are playing the field as as you do when you're adding pitching. If you do it wrong, you could hamstring yourself for many years and get yourself in trouble. If you do it right, you can actually build a nice little bridge for these guys that were waiting to get here. And that and that's what Ben Charrington has to do. Now it's time to start showing. Do you have it as a GM? Yeah, and the other part of this, Chris, is that I mean, there's also you know a couple other guys that when when I'm talking about you know could have a shot to get back into the the rotation, and there are two other guys that have been in the rotation at, at different points during the year and have succeeded at different points during the year. Uh, a player like a Bryce Wilson, and people look at you know the last outing that he had, he gave up a couple home runs, seven innings pitched, three earned runs, but four strikeouts and and no walks. So and it's not. It's not a sexy pitcher, I guess it would be. And I'm not talking about his appearance, Bryce. I'm, I'm not talking down to you, buddy. It's it's just that the way that he goes about things, it's a lot of this soft contact. He, he does give up some of the home runs, but it's it's more of like the pitch placement. And, and I don't know if the Pirates are are kind of ready to give up on that just yet. Um, and, and during that time, this one is, he's a 1.14 whip during that time. Yeah. So he's showing some promise. There, there's been something that has been there, and and Chris, the, the other one, like if you're rounding out the rotation with just the guys that are on the team, 
you know, on the 40 man, you know, right now. And, and it's still to me, it, it could be Zach Thompson. And, and for me, the biggest thing about Zach Thompson is that he was injured for a part of this year and has not looked the same since he's come back from his injury. Um, in the 11 games prior to his injury, he's got like a 1.36 whip. Uh, he's sitting there with, you know, one of the better. It was like him and Quintana. I mean, it was a 450 ERA. But and he, he was, was a guy. Having... And he was a guy, remember, had a bad stretch for about a week or two there that inflates that. That if yes. whatever was going wrong, you take that out. And he was a highly effective pitcher. And I, I'm not yeah. giving up on him yet. I know he wasn't your one of your three sure things. Uh, but he he'd be fourth on my list if he's not in the top three. Yeah, and it's like him and him and Wilson that I I still think that when they go towards like you said the next steps that they're going to be making next year, there's obviously some guys that can be competing for that. They are going to add somebody. They've added somebody. You know, Charrington adds he, every single time he he looks out and he he tries to get somebody. And in, in the first year, it's it's somebody like a, a Derek Holland, which is you know. It, it didn't work out. And then the second, then it's like a, a Tyler Anderson and then to Jose Quintana. So he's going to take a swing on somebody. It's just to, you know, what degree or what level that swinger is going to be. Is it going to be somebody that they see something in that's a little bit older that they're looking to flip? Is it somebody that's a little bit younger that just hasn't, you know, worked out yet and they think they can work on something? I And it might be a, a combination of both those things. And like you said, Chris, it could be, more than one pitcher. It could be two pitchers. It could be three pitchers. It's it's going to depend. But those are like the five guys. And, and it's pretty much the, the starting rotation right now. So I don't see a whole lot of that changing for the beginning of next year. Remember, Pirates fans, if you're looking for a place to watch the game, Patrick's Pub and Grill is the spot. Uh, Craig raves about it. I've been out there a few times. He brings me there. They got a really cool patio out there. Good Times Karaoke every Wednesday, 9 until midnight. Open mic every other Tuesday at 6 p.m. on that patio. And Sunday is wing day with discounts for you. And there is a beer special each and every day of the week. Pick a day of the week there, Craig. Um, This last time, I, I picked a Thursday and I don't even know if there was a, a beer special that night. I was just in the mood. They have this, uh, It's if you like a Reuben sandwich, they have a Reuben dip, which they serve with the bread on the side. So if somebody's not like huge into bread, uh, you can get, basically get one to two pieces of bread and you, you dip it in this Reuben dip. So I was just really in the mood for it. Uh, the Pirates were playing and uh, they got shellacked. I believe it was like three to nine. So I ended up by... Uh, they have some cornhole boards out there, so I ended up going and uh, playing some cornhole to uh, to just uh, kind of ignore maybe or keep the the game in like my periphery for that last part of that game. But it was uh, yeah, it's the one where we gave up seven runs in the seventh inning. So I just pretty much said, okay, the guy I was my buddy I was with, I'm just like, dude, let's just go play some cornhole. Right, exactly. At that point, you're done, right? I mean, like, why would you even put up with that kind of misery? And uh, speaking of shellacked. Uh, you can get shellacked on Rusty Rail Brewing drafts on Thursdays, three ninety nine a draft right there. So they they they've got they've got a local brewery and they're giving a special on Thursdays at Patrick's Pub and Grill. Check them out at twelve oh seven Spring Run Road Extension, Coriopolis, PA. By the way, looking at the Pirates 
possibilities when it comes to starting pitching that could be available next year. And there's a ton of names out there. Like, sure, everybody's going to say, go out and get Taiwan Walker, who's going to be a free agent. But uh, don't be surprised if you don't see a, a Jake Odorizzi or a Wade Miley come walking in the door. You know, just just a guy that could all of a sudden have a really good first half. You know, a guy that was really good a few years ago that I wonder at 33 years old could be that guy that all of a sudden like gets a new new place and starts pitching well. Michael Pineda. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there, there's a guy when he was with Minnesota was killing it. Okay, and Detroit's been just miserable this year. In fact, Detroit, one of the worst, uh, I think CBS Sports just wrote an article on all the current rebuilds going on. Detroit was the worst rebuild currently going on in baseball, according to CBSSports.com, which flies in the face of Dennis Eckersley, who didn't like what the Pirates had on the field, because CBSSports.com also said the Pirates have one of the top three current rebuild. So somebody sees things very differently than somebody else, Craig. I felt in some ways, it's just like when you looked at, you know, the the roster or the lineup that he was looking at uh, for that night, he, he definitely overlooked, you know, some of the people that were in that lineup because I mean, it, Brian Reynolds is is a competent, like, you know, major league player. Competent? Teams are trying to acquire him all the time. Competent? He's a good player. I mean, yeah. You know, look, here, here's the problem with, with X comments. First of all, a good relief pitcher, bad on a microphone. He's been trending on and off for the last several years for saying something stupid during a broadcast. It shouldn't even have phased Pirates fans, but if you never heard him do it to other teams before, then I can see why you get all fired up about it, but he's just not very smart. He's he's out of town stupid is what he is. He's a guy who shows up, probably does very little prep whatsoever, sits down and looks at a lineup and then just goes, I don't know who any of these guys are. He doesn't know who most of the league is, this guy. Don't take it to heart. He's just an idiot. That's, that's what he is. Dennis Eckersley, great pitcher, maybe a nice guy, may not be a nice guy. But when it comes to evaluating baseball outside of his small little world, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The, the, the Pirates have pieces that are going to be a part of their team when their window is open and pieces that other teams would love to have on their major league roster right now. So he's just not very smart. Yeah, and and he the biggest part is, is that he compared – you know, we hey he goes hey we were just out in uh, Kansas City and Kansas City's got a bunch of these like young kids that are performing really really well and it looks completely different than what's happening in Pittsburgh and then goes on to call us you know now there's gonna be T-shirts everywhere not not only we're we gonna have to sell the team T-shirts that kids wear and we're gonna have hodgepodge of nothingness T-shirts I've already seen them out there <laughs> I love that uh, though and, I and, love and, I, that. and I do love it. Embrace it. Embrace it. You know, and here's the funny thing. Then we get somebody who sits down and writes an article about all the different rebuilds going on in baseball. And the Arizona Diamondbacks were ranked number one on this list. And number two were the Reds. And very close behind them were the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. So those were the three in the top three. If you look at the bottom three in the article, the Royals joined the Athletics and the Tigers. And one of the and one of the criticisms of the Royals is an inability to develop any arms and that there might be some stars on the team like Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez and uh, B- Vinny Pasquantino and Nick Prado. But the thing is that when you look at the Pirates, they have more coming. The Royals are almost basically tapped out at this point. They, they, yeah. they're, they're missing way too many things. The Pirates have a wealth that is greater than what the Royals have. 
And he goes through all the different names that are on there and what we did in the 2021 draft with Henry Davis and Bubba Chandler and, you know, Lonnie White and Anthony Solometo and all, all these different guys. And, and now you get Tamar Johnson on the team and you, 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 you have all these guys in the organization and the Pirates have a wealth that's coming and a lot of guys that are Major League Baseball players that have arrived. So that's a, that's a good thing and that's something to be excited about. Dennis Eckersley just doesn't know what he's talking about. It's it's almost like prospect name picking. It's like I know this guy's name or I recognize this guy's name. When the Pirates are also, you know, in the middle of a a pretty bad string since the All-Star break, it, it seems that it's, it's just like a, a cycle of, of negativity and it's not even looking to see. I mean, not obviously not all the guys on the team have performed, but funny enough, Chris... Last show that we were together, it was like, okay, what's one guy that could possibly get called up? And we were like, eh, maybe Rodolfo Castro. He's like maybe about average right now. After the Rodolfo incident, as I will call it, I'm, he's Rodolfo <laughs> and Castro now from in my head. What a dumb thing to do. What a dumb thing. What a, what a statement on the way that the world is now. With your phone in your pocket. But since that time, I mean, he's he's batting like over 300. He's the one guy who's like, you know, they have him playing third base because, you know, unfortunately, Cabrian Hayes has a little bit of a back issue. Is supposed to come back sometime this week. But it has actually looked like a competent MLB player. But of course, you know, it's, it's Eckersley is going to be like, oh, well, that's the idiot with the cell phone. So he's not going to be good. And here's, you know... Who's this? Who's this other character? And Cruz is struggling. And but yeah, to, to have a team that has you know a Brian Reynolds, uh, Mitch Keller, you know, on the mound that night, but definitely that was you know the, the arm issues and different stuff. So it, it's it's definitely a, a weird type of comment to make. In some ways, I said before that he's not totally wrong, but he's. A little bit off base. Yeah, but, but think sense. about this here. Compare them to the Detroit Tigers. They, we basically have the same record here. The Tigers in the AL Central are 47 and 76 as we sit here. And the Pirates in the NL Central are 47 and 75, right? Two teams in a rebuild. Pirates went out and got A.J. Hinch and thought they were about to break out. In fact, that they were further along than where the Pirates are, right? This is a team that Dennis Eckersley would not sit there. I'm sure on a broadcast and say, oh, what do they got here? You know, you wouldn't criticize that. But when you read the breakdown, I love this breakdown of all the different uh, rebuilds that are going on in baseball because it's hard to keep track of what everybody else is doing. But they're basically saying is sure, Riley Green is good for the Tigers, but their first round draft pick a few years ago and Spencer Torkelson, terrible in the minor leagues. Just can't figure it out. The guy that was the number three pick in the 2021 class, Jackson Job, terrible struggled in his first pro season. They're having a very hard time keeping their pitchers healthy and their high-end draft picks aren't doing anything when they get into the organization. That's that's a lot worse than what I'm seeing from the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, he he can sit there and look at a lineup and take a guess as to what he's looking at, but I think that if you really kind of dive into what teams are going through that are currently in rebuilds and watch the Pirates, look, there's no guarantee that the Pirates rebuild is going to work. They're hamstrung by an owner that is not going to spend a lot of money and they are not yet close to saying we're going to compete for the postseason. Like next year is a try to build yourself into something that isn't a hundred loss team in last place, right? Like that's the goal. The goal is to be close to 500 
have some excitement. In July, have somebody actually muse, should we be buyers? And everybody laugh at them, but at least get to that point. Like, that's the goal for next year. And there are not every team that should be at that goal or past it in their rebuilds are doing very well. So I think the point is here that whatever X said and whatever his reasons for saying it, what it does is it illustrates, though, to Pirates fans, you should be able to sit back and look at what everybody else is doing and say, wait a minute, we're on the right track, or we're at least on a better track than other teams are on. If I don't know if that gives you comfort or not. Uh, some people won't be comforted until they win another World Series, but you're on a better track than a lot of other teams that are trying to rebuild are currently on. Yeah, and you've even seen people, I think it's like during the offseason and stuff, you know, praising Kansas City and, and, and praising Detroit for you know, not just sitting there and, and trying to, you know, sign some guys to some contracts, bring in some veterans on, on longer term deals. And and that's what, what's been happening. Like, I, I know we go back, you saying the Reds are ahead of us. The Reds are ahead of us right now because they had more collateral to trade away. And, and they basically, in, in some ways, in some in my uh, estimation, stole some prospects, you know, during this, this most recent uh, trade deadline. But they also had you know, other prospects that were coming up that they, you know, kind of went for it a little bit too soon. Some of those guys are still there. And then now they have, you know, another string of prospects coming back up. So the the Reds, I, I don't trust them to do the right thing. They've done the right thing a couple times during stuff. Uh, but for me, the big thing with Kansas City and Detroit was like coming into the regular season here, like you said, Chris, they thought they were further along. They saw, you know, Minnesota had supposedly taken a step back. Cleveland was selling off a bunch of parts. The White Sox, you know, were going to be that juggernaut in the Central. And Kansas City, Detroit, I know that before the season we were talking about, did they feel like they were one of those teams that could, like, slide into that additional wildcard spot? And that's why they were doing things differently. Well, a lot of stuff has not gone well for them. No. And, and stuff might not go well for the Pirates, but like you said, to, to basically come out and say, you know, that they were so much better, and now it's it's not looking that great. I don't know. It's the comments, like I said, I I I don't totally disagree, and I think that if they weren't directed so much at the players, the hodgepodge and nothingness, as as far as maybe directed more towards the management, uh, and and some of the things that they have done, like we said last year before the you know before this year started, that we did we wanted to see less retreads. And then you're seeing like Kevin Padlow, who was just taken off of waivers from, uh, well, I think it was Seattle. And then all of a sudden he's your starting third baseman. That's like stuff that we didn't want to see as much of. Uh, but then like you're saying, like Eckersley's not looking into it as deep as we are. Like his is a very surface comment and a very, you know, uneducated comment. And everybody's thinking that like, oh, Eck knows what he's talking about. And he's thought about all this different stuff. And it's like, no, not really, man. I mean, and like you said, Chris, uh, you know, we got a, an owner that's going to hamstring some of this. But uh, as far as, you know, protecting Russian oligarchs uh, from <laughs> an ask, the Aspen Times, the, the Nutting family is on top of that. That was another story that came out. Like, I just had to put that out there. It's like, but I said, of course he did. Because it's a Russian billionaire and they're billionaires. They're on the island together. You can't let you they can't are. let your hunting buddy they are. you can't let your hunting buddy get in trouble. Exactly. So you they're, gotta like silence the newspaper. They're hunting the most dangerous game, those two, on the island for the billionaires that we've talked about before 
on this show. I'm glad that you got that in before the end of the show. That was excellent. That was a that was a great move right there, right at the end. Just to remind everybody that your owner is pro, uh, is protecting Russian oligarchs. <laughs> Maybe the oligarch can buy us a pitcher for next year. What do you think? Maybe that's the exchange. Maybe that, all of a sudden nothing comes up with some money. And, and the guy's like, I don't know, some guy walked up, told me in Russia to sign the contract, so I'm here in Pittsburgh. <laughs>